morning. Good morning. How is everybody? So glad to see you all. Man, we had, woo, or not. <laughs> we had a wild ladies' night here last night. How many of you are here? I'll tell you what, I got home late, and then I was laying in bed, and then I was buzzed, and then I couldn't sleep, and then I started looking at my phone, which is usually a no-no, but I saw that I had some messages on there, and what I began to read just so touched my heart, that Jesus last night came, and he just set so many women free, and I mean, there's a story of one gal that had never been to this house before, and she had no idea what took place. In fact, her words were, I don't know what happened. I, I just like was shaken. Like this was what I needed and I was so thankful. And you know what? Nobody coerces anybody to come, right? We come freely. Jesus has something for us. I mean, there were women that got healed last night. Powerful. I had one lady that came running up to me towards the end and she was so excited and she said, oh, I was just in so much pain. And then I just shot my hands up and I began to just lift my voice and she said the pain all the way from my neck down to my back is completely gone and then she started doing the whole calisthenics the bending over and side to side and I'll tell you what when you have lived with chronic pain and you receive the healing that brings such sweet relief you know what you can't help but just say, oh God, thank you. Thank you. And there's many of you that are believing for your healing. And I'm believing right along with you. Last night, I, I actually said it out loud because I was challenged this week by somebody in my own family that has had a, a, just a horrible diagnosis. Marty, do you really believe that God can come through and I'm going to say it again this morning. I really believe it. And if I'm going to err on any side, I'm going to err on the side of believing, of contending, of hoping, of standing, of declaring, and of speaking. Because I'll tell you what, our words are powerful. Our words give life or they give death. And we have got to get a little more accountable about how we speak. And I'm a talker, so I have been convicted more than one time in my life about what did you just say oh lord and once it's out i just can't like dig it back up and suck it back in it's out but you know what there's a message today that that the lord put on my heart i shared it last night so i've tweaked it a little bit for the men in the house um but what's exciting to me is yesterday when i was driving because we had our women's event here i'm like lord what should I title this? And I heard this, weary warrior, rise up and roar. And the rise up and roar just sort of stood out. And it's difficult to rise up and roar when you are wearied and fatigued. And many of us, even this morning, we can stand right where we're standing. We can raise our hands. We can sing all the songs. We can pray all the prayers. But on the inside of us, so many of us are not rising up. So many of us are just bowed down low. And I believe this morning that there's going to be some keys that the Holy Spirit wants to give you so that those doors that have been locked for you can be opened so that you can know and experience the freedom that there is for you. Because I'll tell you what, life with Jesus is the best life. 
It's the best life. It, it's not a problem-free life, but I'll tell you what. He promises that when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't have to go at it alone. He is with us. He is our rock. He is our anchor. And even this morning, I just felt the presence of Jesus in the house, and I just love looking over and seeing my sister Mary Terrell jumping, just like I'm jumping, going, oh, God, you know what? We know each other's story. We know what it takes and what it costs to show up and to get outside of yourself and to just say, Lord, today's a new day and I'm believing again. Today's a new day and I'm standing again. Today's a new day and I'm pressing in Jesus because the day is coming when that breakthrough, then that promise that you've put within my heart is going to happen and I'm going to go, woo, yes, God. I did not sit on the sidelines. You invited me by faith to walk on beside you. And I say yes to that. I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't know how that's going to feel like. But you know what? I lived enough life in my life that it doesn't matter to me anymore. I don't have to check that list off anymore. Because living for Jesus every single minute of every single day and drawing closer to him and seeing the answers to prayers and that he is still God. He is still on the throne. There is nothing like it. Serving him is the best life. Oh man, I didn't even get started yet. All right. So the message of roar, and I'm wearing my whole lion shirt because I got to represent, but I was doing a little study about the lions and the lionesses, and so I'm adding lions this morning for, for you men, and really there's a lot of similarities, but there is one or two main differences, and, and I'm just going to start here for a minute. The lions are known for their security patrol. That's what they do in the tribe. They patrol and they watch and they make sure everybody's doing okay. Their eyes don't miss a thing. That's what they do. The females, they hunt. They hunt in the night and they live in the light. And they go out and they make sure that meals come in. They're, they're smaller, but they're quicker, they're agile, and they're good at what they do. And while they do what they're called to do, the male lions are on patrol, security, watching, protecting, watching, protecting. The female lioness carries an unmistakable presence of nobility, as does the male lion. They walk with a strong, uncompromising walk because they are truly never in any danger. It's powerful. The female lions, they stay with their pride for their entire life. And these females, they work together as a team and they roar together to drive out and take down an enemy, which I think is so awesome as, as women. The male lions, as well as the female lions, when they roar, the sound of their roar can be heard for up to five miles and can last for up to 40 seconds. And as far as their roar reaches, that is their domain. That's their territory. I talked about it last night. I can say something to you quietly, or I can say it loudly. It's going to still travel at the same speed and 
reach its destination. But when the sound is loud, it carries an area of domain as far as that sound will reach. And that's why when a lion roars, and it can be heard up to five miles, if their baby is lost and they hear that roar, do you know that that baby comes back into the tribe because it recognizes it? The roar of the lion actually calls back the babies. I'm like, Jesus, there's something about that because some of us have prodigal children. We have kids that are not really serving the Lord and they need to hear the sound from the lion of the tribe of Judah come from our voices and from our life and it's going to bring them back home. It's going to bring them back home. I love how, how, how nature is this reflection of what happens in the spirit world. God is so incredibly brilliant and detailed. He's so incredible. The other thing happens is that the males stick around for about two to four years and then they split. So I'll leave that right there, man. I think that's a whole problem and a message. But I'm gonna leave that for Pastor Lance to preach. <laughs> Oh, that there's a lot right there. I could feel it. <laughs> the other thing I want you to know about the lions is that the only time that they are really in danger, and when I read this, it kind of just like struck me. The only time that they are in danger of losing everything that belongs to them is when they can no longer roar. When that sound is gone, and their enemies come, such as the hyenas will, and they approach the domain, that territory that the pride has, and all of a sudden, that lion is no longer able to roar for whatever reason it is. It is open game. The enemy comes in and completely can annihilate whatever that pride has. The roar is what establishes their authority. It establishes their domain. It establishes their strength. The lion is king of the lion, is, is, is king of the wild for a reason. And when that roar is lost, they fall prey to the enemy. And that's what I want to talk about a little bit this morning. Because for some of us, we've lost our roar for whatever reason it is. And I felt the Lord remind me of something during worship. And when I was younger, I, I had an incredible amount of fear in my life. It was, I, I would do talent shows and I would do well, but then when I would have to talk to people one-on-one, -on -one, I thought I would literally pass out. Now I know that's hard to believe, but there's a miracle in that. <laughs> but I used to get really terrified and just so insecure and, and just felt like I couldn't connect with, with people at all. And I, I really had to overcome that. And so for a while, my security was, you know what, being on a platform and singing in the choir or, you know, just able to use the gifts that God had given me. And I'm telling you this because from a very early age, my family recognized that there was a gift that God had given me. Do we still have the photos that we had last night? The one of me, the, the very first one? While she's finding it. 
I'll tell you a little bit about the photo that you will see is, I was born in the Netherlands. Uh, do we have, there it is. There is little me. So cute. I, oh, and I got kind of the same kind of jacket going on. Look at that. <laughs> That's me in Holland. And I was um, the oldest of four, and then my family adopted, and then I ended up being the, the second oldest of eight. Go ahead to the next picture. That's me in the awesome haircut and the green little vest and the scarecrow hands. That's totally me. My sister's next to me. And I have fond memories of my childhood in, in, in Holland. I, I loved uh, drama. I loved the arts. I loved to sing. And this was just right like at around Christmas time. And it wasn't just, hey, do you want to sing a song for your grandma? This is just what we did. And then my mom would be like, could you please sit your little behind down before you fall down? So go ahead to the next one. That's me with the big old Elvis wave in the back. That was the last family photo taken before my parents immigrated from the Netherlands to Canada. And we'll keep going. Now, some of you know my story, and that little girl that was standing up on the chair with her hands out singing, when I would go to school and the school um, bus would drop us off, it was about a mile walk from the drop-off to my parents' house. This was about at the halfway mile marker, and it was the little Pentecostal Holiness Country Church. And I had a secret um, coat hanger, the metal ones, that I would use to pick the lock and break into the church if there's even such a thing. I don't even know if there's like, I, yeah, I, I didn't steal anything. I just laid all the hymnals down on the chairs and I would get on this old rickety piano and I would sing and I would preach and I was all by myself. I think if anybody would have walked in, they're like, who are your parents and are they crazy? And are you? Because I, in my mind, it was just the best time, and I, I craved it. I longed for it. There was something about it. I get my little Dutch Bible out, and I remember just, just speaking to every hymnal, and and just and then going home. Or sometimes I would forget to go home, and it would be late, and then my parents would find me in that church. All that to say is that as a little girl. There was a deposit of God in my life, as there is in your life. Sometimes we don't know what that is. Other times there's an, an idea of what God has put us there. It's something that we desire to do, something that we long for. And for me, it was that. But when you have a desire in your life to speak and to preach, and then life happens... And all of a sudden, your voice gets quiet. Things happen in our lives. Go ahead to the next photo. That's me with my two kids, my son and my daughter. Uh, I was very much, I was married at that time, uh, but very much a single mom. And single in the fact that the man that I was married to was uh, very absent from what was going on in our life. It was a home that had a lot of sorrow, a lot of tears, a lot of addictions. Um, and yet, there I am as a young mom, and I had tremendous dreams that God was going to come through and that my marriage was going to be restored and that the things that God had put in my heart were going to be manifested. And together with my husband, we were just going to preach and speak to the brokenhearted. And I just stayed 
and prayed and did all that I could and believed God. My son in that photo, um, when he was about three years old, I was pregnant with my daughter and I was in the Netherlands and I was visiting my family and I remember getting a phone call that your husband has taken your son and he's taken him to the United States and it's gonna take a lot of legal action for you to get him because I was Canadian. And so for almost eight and a half months, I did not see my son. I got extremely ill. I was so sick that they tried to hospitalize me in the Netherlands and I was pregnant with my daughter. I wasn't gaining any weight and I found a journal where I wrote, today I heard some horrible news but today is actually going to be the worst day for what the enemy wants to do in my life. Now, I didn't write that because I was so holy and so spiritual. It's because the Spirit of God within me was coming up, and in my hour of need, he showed and proved himself so faithful that even what I began to write was written in faith. Go ahead to the next slide. In my mid-40s, I lost everything. And some of you have experienced loss that I'll never understand because it's so deep. I experienced a different kind of loss, and I found this photo. This was the little room in a dear friend's house, and that became my sanctuary. I have a cork board there with photos of my family. And as a young mom that had to travel between two different countries, the US and Canada, I was concerned that I couldn't get to my kids. And I was concerned for how they were being affected by what I was going through. And this is what I wrote because my handwriting's so bad, I'll just read it to you. Oh God, we live among the rubble and the ruins. Our lives as we have known it are broken and shattered. The dust and debris cloud our vision and they bring distraction. May my children see the benefits and worth of serving and acknowledging you when the chips are down. May they not be disappointed. Have you ever been there? I know you have. Oh God, is it worth Acknowledging and serving you when the chips are down. Is it worth it, God? Will you come through for me? Because during this time, my voice began to get quieter and quieter and quieter. The things that I was once very passionate about became less and less and less, and it became all about survival. And that's what I did every morning. I survived. And in my mid-40s, getting through the day was a huge feat. Waking up in the morning, wishing I didn't wake up, and knowing I'd have to get through the day was a really big deal, but Jesus. But Jesus. And the only reason I'm sharing some of this with you is because when you understand a bit of the backstory, as many of you have stories, and you and you look back over your life and you realized, wow, this this crazy journey, and there are highs and lows, and yet Jesus preserved that deposit that he put within me as a little girl that wanted to declare his goodness. And I'll tell you what, this is what the enemy does. He comes 
comes to kill, steal, and destroy like he did in my life. But that little girl that used to break into a church and preach to hymnals is now standing on this church platform and I'm speaking life to you because Jesus Christ was able to come in and turn all of those ashes into something so beautiful and I can now say that I am a trophy of his grace not because of me but because of the blood that he shed on the cross because of what it took for him to just completely be exposed on my behalf your enemy didn't shed one drop of blood for you your enemy wants to keep you silent and he wants to keep you locked up and bound up and Christ did not create you to live in silence to live in a place where you can't be seen and you can't be heard and I'm going to move to Joshua really quick because this goes along with my message in Joshua chapter 6 now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites no one went out and no one came in so you can imagine here's this city promised city but no one's coming in and no one's going out doesn't look very inviting keep that image in mind this is what our God says to Joshua see I have delivered Jericho into your hands how <laughs> it's barricaded God it's barricaded no one's coming in no one's going out but here's God see see can you see can you see with the eyes of faith can you see what I'm about to do can you see it I'm about to do a new thing in your life where it's been desert and dry you're going to begin to see green lush fresh waters restoration is coming your way redemption is coming your way your promise is coming your way can you see it this day I have delivered Jericho into your hands Woo. this morning God wants us to see something differently that we haven't seen before and he gave instruction to Jericho that they were to march around the city walls once a day for six days and on the seventh day seven times the ark of the covenant which was symbolic for the presence of God today the ark of the covenant was very important when it was brought back into the camp that's the story of David where he danced wildly and he, it says he was undignified. He just went for it. Some of us went for it last night. It is awesome. There are some women in heels and they were moving. It was so good. But there's something about the presence of God that had everything to do with them circling the walls. God, if your presence doesn't go, I can't go either. We can come to church on a Sunday morning. We can sing songs. We can worship Jesus. And if we're just going through the format, all we're doing is going through the format. And we just show up like little robots. Went to church. Check that off. Didn't swear today. Check that off did great went to all the connect groups Woo! did everything yep good and yet there's no power there's no roar there's no life 
Because when we do something, because of the presence of Jesus who's in this house, now we're not going through the motions. Now we're going to experience an encounter. And that is what our hearts are at Hope Church. That you would not just sit here and go through the motions, but that you would encounter the presence and the power of Almighty God to change those things in your life that look like impossibilities. See? I have delivered Jericho into your hands. Woo, Jesus, help me say it like I feel it. So on the seventh day, I love this. If I can find it, there we go. On the seventh day, and on the seventh time around, when the priests surrounded the city, the trumpets blasted, and Joshua commanded the army, Shout! For the Lord has given you this city. Now the word shout is very, very powerful. And when you shout, and when you shout corporately, it's like a roar that can last like the lion's roar up to 40 seconds and create an area of domain that is your territory. This is why it's so important. God could have said, whisper, and the walls will come down. And they probably would have because they were obeying what God had said. But he didn't say whisper. Because when I whisper, it doesn't cost me a whole lot. Doesn't need a lot of oxygen. I don't have to even be fully awake. I just whisper. But when I lift my voice, and when I begin to declare what I know to be the promise and the word of God, now it costs me something. It is from the very core of my being that that sound is created. 2 Corinthians 10.4, the weapons of our warfare are mighty to God to the pulling down of strongholds, demolishing everything that exalts itself higher than the name of Jesus Christ. Your voice is a weapon of warfare. And it's not just your voice. It's the voice of the Spirit of God that's on the inside of you. And I know that it's uncomfortable. But I'll tell you what, Pastor Lance was talking about the football game. And I know y'all don't even worry about shouting then. But we get to church and we what? We just sit here like tin soldiers? You're not a tin soldier, brother. You're not a tin soldier, sister. You are a lion and a lioness in the kingdom of God. Your assignment is to roar. Your assignment is to link arms with your brother and sister and contend for those that are vulnerable, for those that are in the line of attack. That is what God has called us to do. You men, you're called to be a lion. You are meant to patrol. You need to watch what's going on in my family. What's going on with my wife? Where are my kids? Meanwhile, the lioness is, I got you, honey. While you're doing that, I see something that I can bring home so that we can eat. And it works because they work together. And that is what we're called to do in the kingdom of God. And so I want to talk about some of the things that happen when we have this wall this Jericho wall. And it's important that we get this because I didn't understand it for a long time. If I, if I encourage you to shout, if I encourage you to lift your voice and it's attached to nothing, it's just another lame exercise. You're just going to be shouting to shout. Who cares? 
But if your shout and your voice is attached to a purpose, it changes everything. So the promise to the Israelites was shout on the seventh day when the trumpets blast, the walls are going to come down. That was the promise. So there was a promise on the other side of that wall. And they didn't know how they were going to get in and possess it, except to do what God says. And you know what? I, I can't even imagine what the Israelites must have been thinking or feeling when Joshua said to them, this is how we're going to do it. This is, this is the battle plan. This is strategy. <laughs> we're not going to go in with weapons and kill everybody, annihilate everybody. We're not going to climb the walls. We're just going to march. And in fact, when we march, no talking. No talking. So when you're a vocalist and you have a big performance, you rest your voice. It's really important. You save your voice. And so sometimes when I used to lead worship, it was like, I, I, I got to just take care of my vocal cords. So you rest so that when it comes time to sing, you have what it takes. So even in the strategy of marching around and keeping silent until the command was given shout, I'll tell you what, they'd rested their voices. And I also believe, Bible doesn't say this, I'm just telling you, just side note, that I believe had they walked around the wall and they would have started murmuring and complaining, it would have spread like a wildfire and it would have sabotaged the day of the shout. And so as they marched and as they went around, they were processing and looking at the wall. In my life, through the different circumstances in my life, a wall had been created. The bricks of rejection, the bricks of isolation, the bricks of abuse, the bricks of sexual abuse, the bricks of I'm a failure, defeat. Then there were bricks that I had thrown out, jealousy, anger, judgments, criticism. All these became walls, a big wall around my own life. And yet there was a promise as a little girl that one day I would boldly declare the word of the Lord. And yet my voice got quieter and quieter and quieter as the layers of these bricks became higher and higher and I was now barricaded in. And now what? How do I get beyond the wall? What do I do? How do I obtain the promise that God has given me? God, you do not lie. You have spoken something into my life, and I dare to believe you, but I don't know how I'm going to do it. He has strategy. He has strategy. And although the strategy may change, the shout does not because it's throughout the Bible. God is extravagant. When he comes down, if you read the Psalm, Psalms 18, where God comes from the heavens because he hears the cry of one that is in need of him, it talks about fire, hailstones, thunder, lightning. The scripture talks about Jesus coming, descending from heaven with a shout. He is an extravagant God. As extravagant as he was with following through to his own death on the cross. And that's extravagant love. 
that level and that degree that he gave himself for you and me doesn't change with his character depending on the situation. He is 100% God at all times, at all times. And he is 100% available to you. It doesn't even matter so much that you waver and you wonder, God, will you come through for me? What matters is that in faith, you begin to see that what he has promised you is obtainable through him. So when we march around the wall of Jericho in our own life, we can march around and we can say, I see the brick of rejection. I see the brick of isolation. Here's where my divorce happened. Here's where my accident happened. Oh, this is when I was diagnosed. This is when my son or my daughter told me that they were no longer going to serve Jesus. This is when I lost my job. This is when I had a horrible church hurt. This is when, and you can go on and on. And as you circle, that's where your mind goes because every single brick reminds you of a time in your life. You cannot shout and be depressed at the same time. And so why scripture says, see, why God said, see Joshua, I have delivered Jericho into your hands is because he wants us to get a different perspective about what it means to circle the wall of Jericho. And this is what the Lord asked me when I was struggling. Marty, I see you're striving. I see what you're trying to do. But what are you circling? Are you circling the problem? Or are you circling the promise? Are you circling what's created pain in your life, constantly being reminded as you're circling? Or are you circling kingdom purpose? Which is it going to be? Well, how, God, can it be kingdom purpose when I look at the bricks and they're horrible and they're triggers and they remind me of things that are awful in my life? How can that be good? Marty, Romans 8, 28, all things work together for the good to those who what? Love God and are called according to his purpose. Do you love him this morning? Do you love him? Are you called according to his purpose? Yes. You can confidently say that even if you don't feel like it today. That is the truth. So when you love him and you pursue him, not perfectly, not perfectly, not checking off boxes, just showing up every day. When it's a good day and when it's a difficult day, showing up. When you're in that place, Lord, help me. Help me today. Help me see the way you see. Help me. Marty, I will work out all things for the good. Even the brick of divorce. Even the brick of rejection. Even the brick of addiction. Even the brick of pain. Even the brick of abuse. All of those things that have built a wall in your life. I want you to begin to see them as, oh, that wall is coming down. And there is a promise. I am no longer going to circle all of the stuff that's happening 
happened in my life somehow thinking that that is faith I need to attach my shout to something that's promised to me and that is the word of God that he is not going to leave us he's not going to forsake us he's spoken some things into our lives and we're going to begin to circle that wall those bricks in our lives that have meant to destroy us and we're going to go thank you God I thank you God I no longer see a pile of bricks that was meant to define me and cripple me and silence my voice I now see that I am circling a promise because that wall is coming down because I am beginning to see that you are delivering this promise to me not by my way not because I'm so clever not because I can shout well because now I'm attaching my shout to your promise and those walls are coming down man so powerful so powerful so powerful church we cannot lose our roar we have been silenced and man even before covid cancel culture don't don't say anything on social media because man you you'll be canceled you'll be shut down so everybody plays it safe we're just going to play it safe don't want to be canceled just go safe milk toast safe until one day the question is how did you become so dignified what why are you so dignified marty there's a roar on the inside of you and I've given you a promise now you have a choice to make how are you going to look at those bricks what do you want me to do Lord I want the walls to come down do you know that's going to create a sound and it's going to require a sound yes God do you know that that's 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 going to create a mess yep are you ready for it are you ready for it because when the walls come down in your life it's your turn to go in straight away and possess what God has given you. And that is what he wants today. He did not give me a message on the silence, on the quiet. He gave me a message on the shout. He gave me a message for you on the roar because it matters to God. And when I was in prayer, I sensed that so many of you have been chased and you are running from the bricks that have come at you like a rock slide to try and wipe you out. And that is this season. But in the next season, you are going to put your enemies to flight because you're going to grab hold of the promise of God and you're going to watch him do what you cannot. And that is the impossible. And that is the miraculous do you believe me this morning are you awake because we're going to do an awakening raw I'm telling you it's happening I would be a whole fraud if you came here and I talked about the roar and then I said now let's bow our heads in prayer and thank you Jesus for this day amen no you've come to the Holy Spirit gym this morning and this is the muscle that we're going to use and it's going to be great. And last night at this altar, I saw women with tears running down their faces. There was a young woman standing here that it was, had been so broken and so abused. And she had little kids. And she stood there, oh God, I don't know what else to do. And I caught her face as we began to pray as a group of women. And then at the count of three, we lifted up our voices. And she began to shout with tears running down her face that cost her but I got a message from her that was the best thing I could have done I could have done I was so blessed by that 
when I was getting ready for this message, my husband, um, Tim, just for those of you who know the picture of me with the two kids, not my kids' dad. I got an awesome man of God that, that God brought into my life. And together, we really do minister to the broken, and we're so grateful. The promise remains. Marty, you will speak. I'm going to bring you somebody. Together, this is what you're going to do. I don't know everything that's going to happen, but I know that that promise is alive and well in our lives today. And that is because of Jesus. It's all Jesus. So when Tim was praying for me, he said to me, there's a scripture verse I want you to think about, and it was Matthew 10, 27. What I have told you in the darkness, speak in the light. And this is Jesus talking to his disciples. And what you hear whispered in your ear, shout from the rooftops. Last week, when I asked Pastor Lance if he would pray for me, he quoted that exact same scripture verbatim. And I knew that there was something on it. Because when we are in our dark places and we begin to question, we need to go back to that place. Father, what did you say? What was your promise to me? What was that that you whispered in my ear? What was it that you spoke to me in the dark? Because that's your key. That's where you're going to go. Here's my promise. This is what he said. This is what he said. I may have moved this way, but the promise remains. God, thank you for reminding me what you spoke to me. I'm coming back in alignment with that. Now, God, I want victory. I want to know what it is to circle the wall and not look at it as a wall of defeat, as a wall of problems. But I want to begin to look at it as a wall of promise because I'm going in to inherit what's mine. And those walls are coming down. And it doesn't matter to me if I don't look the part, if I'm not polite enough, if I need to have it more together. I believe that many of you this day are looking at a wall and your next act of obedience is like what God said to Joshua. It's time to shout. It's time to lift your voice, church. It's time to get up on the inside and declare who God is. Because when you do that in faith, saying, God, this feels a little awkward, but I'm going to believe that your promise to me remains because you're a God that cannot lie. And I am going to boldly start to roar. When you begin to roar on behalf of your own life, you'll do it on behalf of your brother's life, on behalf of your sister's life, because that's what it's going to take. When I was desperate for a word from God, I remember walking into this church saying, God, is there somebody here that sees me? Is there somebody here that can pray with me? God, I, I, I'm driving back and forth from Canada to the U.S. Is there somebody here? And I met men and women of God in this body who begin to roar with me.
because it doesn't matter. I don't care when I'm when I'm on my deathbed, when I've been diagnosed with thyroid cancer. I don't need a little polite, oh Jesus, I hope. No, I need somebody who is willing to get in the trenches with me and begin to just declare life over me. That's what I need because I need to feel alive. I need to know that there is hope. I need to know that I can get through the next moment. Don't lose your roar. Because the second that happens, you're open game to all kinds of attack. And we don't want that. We don't want that. How many of you this morning are facing a wall? You've come to a place where you're like, Jesus, I need you to come through for me. It might be in, in your ministry. It might be in your health. It might be something you've gone through emotionally. Can I just see your hands if that's you this morning? Thank you. Thank you for being real. Thank you for being real. You know, I'm going to ask us to just stand. We can all just stand up. And Jess, if we could do that, that song. I really feel like we need to go into this song. And then at the end of it, I want us to lift up our voices. I'm going to just come up and encourage you to do that. And I want you to, in your mind's eye, I want you to see that wall. I want you to see those bricks. And I want you to stop seeing them as bricks of defeat, of bricks of pain, and begin to see them as bricks of promise. Because that wall is coming down. Are you ready this morning? Amen. Let's lift it up. So come on, my soul. Oh, don't you shall be lift up your roar cause you've got a lion inside of us so get up and praise the Lord so come on my soul oh don't you get shy of me lift up your 
taking some territory. That was a good shout. That was a good roar. Come on. Ain't no enemy coming around our camp for a while. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Let me just pray for you, and I'm going to hand it over to Pastor Lance. Because I know that some of you are dealing with things. There's the prayer banners. But I want to say, I just want to pray over you. Father, I thank you for the shout of obedience from your sons and your daughters this morning. I thank you that you have given us a key. You've given us a different perspective. And I thank you that the walls are coming down. I thank you that it is a new day in the kingdom. I thank you that it is a new day in my life. I thank you, God, that my children are coming home. I thank you that healing is coming. I thank you that provision is coming. You are almighty God, and I thank you that you are the lion of the tribe of Judah and we are so blessed and honored to serve in the kingdom in Jesus mighty name and all God's people said amen